Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Oh my goodness, do I have an inspiring whopper of a guest today. You've known him for many, many years. If uh, you grew up in the 70s like I did, as the star of the show Chips, Eric Estrada. And he's here for almost the entire hour talking about his new project. It's one of those home renovation situations, but this one has really got a unique bend to it. It's called Divine Renovation. And it's going, it's a docu-series they're calling it, but it, the, the first season is coming out in July. And Eric Estrada hosts this wonderful offering of communities that come together that help people within them that might be needing something for their home, either built or changed or fixed based on kind of their, their special needs within the community. And it's very interesting that he is doing this because he really has a lot of faith himself. He's a guy who uh, credits a lot to his spiritual life. And so Divine Renovation is just a natural uh, new vehicle for him. And I think you're going to love hearing about it. And you're also going to love hearing about his incredible life um, as the star that he's been for almost 50 years now. Eric Estrada coming up on the way home and all brought to you by Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule. I bet if uh, he had known about Balance of Nature back then or if it had even been made, he would have taken it for all those incredible things that he did to like save mankind on his motorcycle there. But Balance of Nature is really, if you watch the commercials on TV, you'll see that a lot of the people who take it are people who have very busy, active lives and needed more energy because it's just sort of a thing that happens if we don't eat all the right fruits and vegetables and have the right nutrients in our body as we tend to get older we tend to kind of lose our mojo our energy to a certain extent and that's where balance of nature comes in and really you talk about helping out in renovating you from the inside out in the most wonderful of ways if you take three and three capsules a day of the fruits and the vegetables it will be a life changer for you Go to balanceofnature.com to order today, balanceofnature.com. And make sure you put my name, Laura, in the promo code, L-A-U-R-A. That way you're going to get 35% off your first order and free shipping. When we come back, the wonderful, the incredible Eric Estrada. Don't go away. It's the way home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. This is one of those times, again, I say this quite often, but it's a pinch me moment for me and for probably millions of people. Wait till I tell you. Well, I've kind of been talking about it all week on the radio station in the morning show, but I am just beyond tickled and grateful to have on somebody that so many of us grew up with. Even though I was out of the country, I was living in Sao Paulo, Brazil, when Chips was a super mega hit all over the world, basically. And I didn't watch it in Portuguese at the time. I, I, whatever, but I've seen it since I've been back. But it, the whole world 
fell in love with this incredible show called Chips. And, of course, the man that so many people, is they really are beloved and, and you know, probably women all over the world have been in love with forever and ever. But he is here with new projects and a wonderful life story. So grateful to have the wonderful Eric Estrada join us today on The Way Home. Eric, thank you. <laughs> thank you for all those nice things you said about me and the show. It You know, it's just kind of fun because I, I told a few people today that I would be taping you for the program on Sunday and Monday. And, oh, my goodness, you would have thought they, you know, they wanted me to, like, get your autograph. I said, we're doing it on Zoom. It's not going to be possible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm just so grateful you're doing this. And, you know, for your countless TV shows and, and movies that you've done over the years. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Chips is really the one that is uh, really so iconic in American culture as you played Punch and uh, Frank Poncherello on the series. And uh, really, people fell in love with you and your character. It was just I look at those that series now and it just seems like another whole galaxy away in terms of life and how how it's changed and yet um you know the same things that we love about people and about human beings and about helping and you know our police force uh, that never changes so i'm so grateful that that you're doing this but what people don't know is that you have a new project that you are hosting and i want to talk all about this brand new divine renovation Yes, Divine Renovation. It's actually a docu-series. It's it's where it provides home enhancements for individuals and families that are in dire need and can't afford to do it themselves. So we come in with the help of local community uh, programs that we incorporate into the show to help and volunteer. So we go in and if you're in a wheelchair, we will build you a ramp to your front door. You have a child, Down syndrome child, autistic child. We will make sure the backyard is a safe area for that child and inside his room and everything else. Uh, We have one show that was really, they're all really rewarding and personally, you know, they hit you, you know, they get you. Yes. Uh, well, we had one uh, paratrooper, an old time paratrooper, with many years of jumping out of a plane in our military, in our service, uh, you know, t- t- a lot of injuries. And then he went ahead and started a construction company and then he got help, hurt. He hurt himself. And so he, we built him a brand new roofers trailer put in air conditioning form, a new stove. And we get the local businesses, nonprofits for no profit, come in and they will donate and we get them installed and taken care of. So it's a very heartwarming, uplifting, a hand up type of show. Which oh, is, yes. How cool is that? After me doing something like chips and then my soap opera, which were international, big major hits and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I'm doing something like this, which is cool and easy and rewarding at my age. At I your do. age. Hey, I have to tell people they can't see you. Lucky for me, I can on Zoom. And you look absolutely 
you look exactly like you did on the show. I mean, if <laughs> no, seriously, you're the man that time forgot. And I'm ter- I mean, you look exactly the same. It's incredible. Wow. Wow. You really wonderful. That, that's a beautiful thing, you know, but it doesn't matter because really it's about your heart and soul. I'm so interested in the fact that. So, so you did the series that you're on a you know, motorcycle policeman, right. and then you actually became a reserve policeman in, here in Indiana, in Muncie, Indiana. Uh-huh. You must have a heart for that type of thing, of helping people, of protecting, well, me, saving, helping. Let me tell you how that came about. It wasn't because I, was, I played a cop on TV. It was because when I was four years old, in New York, Spanish Harlem, my mom fired my dad because he was stuck on the needle. All right. Stupidly. And then she started dating a cop. So here I was four years old. The only other man in my life that I loved was my grandfather, who used to take me with him, taught me. That's why I'm a workaholic today at my age. I'm 74 now. And I I'm a workaholic, period. I'm addicted. Because when I was four, five, six, seven, my grandfather would take me with him to go sell snow cones in the streets of Harlem, in Spanish Harlem. Okay? So I learned, that's why I'm such a people guy. I like people. I'm a people person. Unless you make me not like you. And then I don't like you. But, you know, we're good. So my mom starts dating this guy named Pete Panos, New York City CSI detective. And God, I used to go through his briefcase and look at horrible pictures. And as a kid, it was like, whoa, it's like the living dead, walking dead, but in photographs. And uh, I w- it would excite me. And I'd say, man, I want to be, a- I want to do boom, boom, boom. At the age of 17, now I went from four to 17, wanting to be a New York City police officer. Okay. Right. Because, you know, my thing was to get my mother out of the projects have a living with me in a nice place, comfortable, safe. So it turns out there's this girl, pretty girl, named Christine Laporte. And she was pretty. And I figured, wow, I'm going to wait after school after eight periods. She comes out, maybe I can walk to the bus, the train, wherever, ice cream, who knows, maybe to the park. Boom. She never would come out of the building after eight periods. And I said, Where's she? What, what's going on here? I know she was in school. I saw her on the hallways today. So I said, I'm going to follow her tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just going to stalk her. <laughs> so I followed her after eight period. She was going to drama club. And I said, oh, man, I grew up in the streets of Harlem. I can act. All I got to do is audition, get in, get the girl. I auditioned, got in. And in a matter of three, four days, I got bit by the acting bug. And that's where I ended up being an actor. But I had to tell mom, hey, mommy, I don't want to be a policeman right now. I want to be an actor. Oh, no, me, oh, please, por favor, no. I'll be no, me, no. I said, ma, I really like it. I want to give it a shot, ma. Let me give it a shot. No, me, oh, no. She kept on and kept on. So, after a day or two of her crying and we arguing, I finally just said, look, mom, I tell you what, if I can't make any money in this acting thing, what I'll do is I'll come back to New York. 32 is the cutoff date. I'll come back at 30. 32 is the cutoff date to go to Albany to go to the NY, NYPD Police Academy. 
so I could be a New York cop. And then I'll get, I'll get an apartment, and I'll get you out, you live with me, and no, me hope will follow. I said, Ma, you got to live in the projects a little longer, please. Let me. Because if I can't make the kind of money I want to make in show business to get you out and have you living like my queen, then I'll come back. Well, anyway, boom, 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 boom. I auditioned for a movie. My first movie was a Christian movie called The Cross and the Switchblade. Uh-huh. You know, I play Nikki Cruz in that. Nikki is still bringing people to the Lord. He's still doing it. But back then, back then when I played him, he had been, before that movie, he was like the baddest warlord of any gang ever back in the day. And he was the the leader, the warlord of a gang called the Mau Mau's back in the 50s. Because mm-hmm. when I used to shine shoes on Columbus Circle by a newsstand right there around the circle, where now is the Trump International Tower, we used to be 1010 Winds Radio, uh, you could see on the cover, Mau Mau's warlord battle in Brooklyn or wherever, you know, they're always in the press. And now I get to play this guy. So then my second movie was The New Centurions. And then, then uh, Hawaii 5.0. But I was still living in New York when I got these gigs. And every time I finish a job, I go right to uh, 60th Street and 3rd Avenue, a restaurant called Yellow Fingers across from Bloomingdale's. I remember it. Yeah, I was waiting there for many years. That's how I paid for my acting classes, helped my mother out with the rent. You know, every time I finish a theatrical thing, I'd have to go back to work there. Anyway, so I finally, the Hawaii 5 people said, you got to come to California because we have to dub, loop some lines that were, there's um, too much ambient noise and you will fly you in first class and fly you back. That's when I told my mom, mom, I'm going to stay in California. I'm going to cash in the return ticket because because the movies opened and I was living in New York when I should have been in California so I can continue getting gigs. You know, you know? Mm-hmm. anyway, oh, me, oh, I said, Mom, I'm going to do it. Goodbye. So I did it. And uh, three years before I got another job and the first job was an acting job. And it was, remember, I did a co-starring first role, co-starring in the new centuries with George C. Scott, who just turned on the Oscar for Patton, and, and then a guest spot, guest spot on Hawaii Five-0. And now I was I was <laughs> I had I was being brought out in emergency that episodic TV. I was being brought out in a gurney. And my line was, oh, I, oh. I was uh, I got burned in the fire. That was my line. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it. And then after that, I did a, two days on Owen Marshall with some speaking, and then three days on a. Uh, I played an arsonist on Kojak, and then I played a prisoner in Beretta. Then I played an arrogant tennis player in Medical Center. Then I played uh, a heroin addict in Mannix, which was easy for me because I saw it as a kid, you know. And so I started working a lot. Uh, and then I did Airport 75. And then I got the movie Midway. And then I got a couple of independent movies. And then I did a little crummy movies. But I always, when I was out there, you know. Uh-huh. And, and um, then finally I got chips. And, and what, I was, what was that like? Did you have any idea when you auditioned for it 
what it was going to end up being. Did you know? And did you get cast in this lead role right away? No, no, they had they looked at everybody. Uh, they want, they talked about Kurt Russell. They talked about Patrick Duffy. They talked about Frick and Frack, Heckle and Jekyll and Lauren Hart. <laughs> they, they talked about everybody. And they narrowed it down to five guys and then to two guys. And then the producer that uh, NBC said, well, we don't, we just saw this Eric Estrada kill a priest in Hawaii Five-0 last week. And he was a junkie in Mannix and he burned a building <laughs> He's a bad guy, stereotypical Hispanic bad guy. And the creator of the show, Rick Rosner, said, you know what? Why don't we screen test them, both of them? So he put me in the uniform and he sat me on a bike and I did a little monologue. And right away, if you saw it, you say, oh, there's a good guy. So I got it. I got the part. Mm. But I got the part as Frank Poncherelli. Poncherelli. And then I said to the, after I signed my contract, I went into his office. I said, you know what? Doesn't make any sense me to be Poncherelli. Why am I playing Italian American? Why don't I play Hispanic American? We'll change his name to Poncherello. And he said, okay. So I was the first prime time, eight o'clock, family hour, Hispanic American as a cop on a network television when there were only three. Yahoo's major Yahoo's back then. So I was proud about that. And then I was proud about, I was proud about all the money I was going to make. And then I moved my mother out here to California, bought her a house. She sat in a beautiful house, half acre backyard. I said, Ma, can make that look like Puerto Rico, whatever you want. Yeah, it's okay, mijo. I said, okay. So I pick her up the next week to go to lunch. And she, I could tell she had been upset. You know, I could tell and. I said, Mom, what's the matter? What, what, what's going on? You, you, the neighbors come over and say something to you, Mom? Tell me who it was. I'll take care of it. <laughs> and she says, no, mijo. I want to go back to New York. <laughs> she wanted to go back to Harlem. No, not Harlem. Just New York. Just New York. It didn't matter where, as long as yeah. it was New How interesting. Yeah, so I said, okay, Mom. i tell you what, Mom. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I scouted some apartment buildings on 57th and 8th Avenue. Mm-hmm. You know what they call Billionaires Row today? Yes, but back then, it, yeah. Yeah, and and it was a new building that went up called the Sharefield. It's the one where you can drive from 57 to 56th Street. You can drive through. Uh-huh. And the doorman, doorman meets you in the center of this, the block. Okay, that's the interest of the building. But it's the only block in New York where you can drive through, from, you know, from one street to the other. So I found an apartment on the 27th floor and I got it for her. And I moved her there. She had a view of Tavern on the Green. It's long, it's no longer there. It's gone, Tavern. And a shot of the south end of the park. So she was a happy camper. I took care of everything until she passed four years ago. So you know what I mean? So I accomplished what I wanted to do with the help of chips. Yes. And And you became, you know, you didn't become a real life cop at that point, but you were a cop to a certain extent. Eric, would you stay with us uh, on the other side of the break to to finish this incredible? This is a beautiful story. And this is kind of like the 
things that legends and, and are made of in Hollywood. And yet you somehow is as huge as you got. And even internationally, as you said, tele, telenovela, you were like the number one star in the world. Yeah. It, it hasn't changed your you're still just a down to earth guy. <laughs> From from New York, I, you prop. I I used to go to Yellow Fingers all the time. Maybe you were like my waiter at the time, but you just. I know I was. I, I I know. Remember Delorean married that beautiful Christine Ferrara Ferrara. Yes, she she and her girlfriends all used to come in there, and and I didn't know who she was anyway. She you know, but she told me the story later when I did uh, her talk show later. Uh, you know, having gone through chips and all that. But she says, oh, I remember you. You were our waiter a couple of times at Yellowfinger. I said, wow, you've been there since, yeah. And we all used to say to each other, he's so cute. He, he is gonna be a good, he's going to be a popular actor someday. I said, you used to say that since, yeah, we all used to, you know, flip a coin about you. And I said, uh, yeah, yeah, isn't that funny you say that? That was so cool. I it's an amazing, that. but it's a beautiful story. And, you know, I think it's kind of... It, it plays out like itself, like a movie in a way, just truly your humble beginnings to what you accomplished. It's so exciting. And now, as you know, what, 35 years later, 40 years later, and Seven. how many? 47. 37 or 47? 47. Holy uh, mackerel. Yes. Wow. That is 47th anniversary, 77 to 83. So 47. I was trying to forget how old I was, but thank you for that. When we come back, we're going to hear more, this beautiful story from Eric Estrada, the incredible star of Chips and so many other things. And now the brand new host of a program that is launching. It's a docu-series. It's launching in July, on July 3rd uh, specifically. It's called Divine Renovation, and it's taking uh, sort of the, the home reno thing to a much Higher power, if you know what I'm talking about. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Oh, my goodness. The story just gets deeper and more fun. And I am so grateful to have along today. So generous with his time. The wonderful Eric Estrada, of course, the the, the wonderful star of Chips and a hundred movies and TV shows and telenovelas all over the world. A great big star who is just so not only generous with his time, but his heart as well. And he's got a new show that is going to tell you all about that. It's called Divine Renovation. It is a docu-series that is going to be dropping on July 3rd, and there's going to be all sorts of platforms where you're going to be able to see it. But it's a wonderful program in that it's not just, you know, home renovation. We have a lot of those, and a lot of us binge-watch those everywhere. But Divine Renovation is really special in that it actually takes... Uh, different cases and in, in, in the first episode or in the first uh, season, it's Wilmington, North Carolina. So it's in the South and there's all different stories. Eric goes around and has these wonderful opportunities to help enhance the lives of people that might be dealing with some kind of a struggle or have some type of a need, whether it's an autistic son who needs a new safe yard or a, a ramp for somebody who has, um, 
a wheelchair and needs a, a better access to their home or a veteran who just needs an upgrade to his trailer. Divine Renovation comes to the rescue in a beautiful way, down to earth. And it's 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 beautiful also in that you're incorporating, it seems like, Eric, almost like it some faith in there as well. It's not you're not afraid, you know, to bring in the the prayer team or the the local church or the local nonprofit organization to help really make all of this happen it's a beautiful i love the premise yes it's it is a beautiful thing that way and uh i believe that i was tapped many years ago to do some of his work or to pay it forward and doing this kind of uh program the show you know, which provides home enhancements for individuals and families in need. And and we had a wonderful first six episodes. I've met a lot of people that that humbled me uh, because uh, of their story and their life's journey. And it, it is a wonderful show. But we don't thump you over the head with the Bible, you know. We <laughs> We do let you know that, hey. It's because of the man we're here to help and do. That's right. And it's a sh- it's a show of service to yes. our fellow man, which I just think it, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, I really when, when the what was that? Uh, what was that big show? The, the big one with the guy and they would go and help one family and they would turn like their house into a mansion kind of thing. And that that kind of started it all many years uh, ago. It, the whole name is. Totally- uh, yeah. The, yeah, but that. that but uh, yeah. Ty Pennington, uh, that guy that was in it, yeah, yeah. Well, so that there's that kind of thing. This has a, a, a sort of a different feel to it for me. I've watched some of the the trailers and things because I haven't seen the full episodes yet because they haven't even you know they haven't been released yet. But yeah. what I have seen is this is this much more sort of humble everyday. People that are in our communities, we may or may not know that they're there and that they have needs. And right. and then but you bring the community together to sort of help with the needs. It's not just maybe a design team. You've got like the whole the whole yeah. community that seems community, to want to help. They jump in. The community jumps in. Nonprofit for businesses or anything. It's not it's not for profit. They want to help. They they are available. We, we had a we had a gentleman who was a paratrooper and his trailer needed a new roof. So a roofing company came in and gave him a new roof to his trailer. And then he needed also a new stove. So a, 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 a kitchen uh, where uh, store that sells appliances came in and donated a new stove and we put it in. And then a ramp because his legs have taken such a beating from all those years of paratrooping, you know, mm-hmm. jumping out of planes and parachute. And we build him a ramp. And that was beautiful. So, and the community jumps in and they give of their time and their materials. And the workers are volunteers and we get the community involved. So when we leave it, everybody knows that they're there and they're accessible to their community, which yes. is kind of nice because uh, a lot of a lot of them don't know that they can, hey, ask their neighbor and, right. and so we do it and the neighbors see can see what is done 
physically what's done because we'll be there for a day and a half to two days taking care of business mm-hmm. you know and um, it's wonderful and you must have met some really beautiful people and i i will say and i'm a little spoiler alert that <laughs> this was picked up for distribution so quickly by bridgestone media group which happens to be a family-friendly, faith-based uh, film company. It got picked up so quickly that season two is already in the works. And yes. It, it's exciting. So th- even before season one dropped, they picked up for season two, and that's going to take place in western Connecticut? Right, Torrington. Torrington oh, love it. Connecticut. Uh, I think it's a Northwest area. We're going there. We're going to be there for like almost two weeks in May. It's going to be fun. And uh, I'm looking forward to Connecticut because, uh, you know, I'm from the East Coast. Basically. That's right. And and I'm we love Connecticut, too. My program airs in, in Greenwich, Connecticut, in that area. And it also is here in the Midwest. And so it's a beautiful thing. What do people, how do they react when you come up and you knock on the door and say, hi, I'm here to help, <laughs> what do they do? Well, they'll, they'll look at me and go, and they'll stare, and, 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 and then they they don't say anything right away, but the, the, eventually it comes out. Hey, aren't you that guy in that motorcycle with the teeth and the tight <laughs> uniform and all that? I said, yeah, that was me. Yeah. And uh, we're here to help and do what we can. And then I'll interview them and sit with them. And then we'll, you know, we'll stay there from the end to the finish of the things. And then we kiss them goodbye and we move on to the next couple that we can find. Yeah. I have, I know for me, this is going to be binge watching because I love anything that helps uh, people and, and whatever, you know, makes their life better. I know that I'm going to binge watch this for sure. And I want to give a shout out to my great friend, Valerie Smaldone, who is an executive producer on Divine She's Renovation. Wonderful. What a princess. She is. No, she truly is. We worked together in radio many, many years ago in oh. New York City. She was the biggest daytime disc jockey. In yeah. the country, basically, on Light FM, 106.7 Light FM. And I worked there also, but she was the queen. I mean, she was there for decades and she was so famous in that, right? But she also had a heart for really, you know, kind of expanding and doing things that were going to make a big difference in the world. And she has a true heart for that. And now she's executive producing all these wonderful shows. The Thursday Night Club was a film that she just did, one in, in lots of festivals. And it was really beautiful about, once again, the idea of paying it forward. And she seems to get behind these projects like Divine Renovation that's coming out in July with you, Eric Estrada. She gets behind those things. And I did, it makes me so happy because with everything that's going on in this world right now, if we don't have little shining lights, diamonds of programming and content that people can watch that actually uplifts and inspires I think we're sunk. And so thank goodness for divine renovation and shows like this and the companies that support you and you, because like you said, you have a a heart for the man upstairs and, and you're just doing his work quietly, humbly, and in a beautiful way. And I just, I'm just so excited for, for everybody that gets to be, you know, touched by you and what your team does when it comes in there with, with everybody in the community. But 
This Thank is you. just just beautiful. So I may it long may it live very long. I mean, this could be the first of a hundred seasons. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But uh, it's uh, it, this is the second six episodes we're going to do, and it's going to be fun. And 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 I hope it goes two, three more times or more. However mm-hmm. long it goes, it'll go because uh, I enjoy it. I That's enjoy- right. And we want everybody to know it's coming in July 3rd. Uh, start. You can go to there's a Facebook page for Divine Renovation. You can get a lot of the, you know, just the stats there where you're going to be able to find it and, and watch it when it comes your way and be able to stream it. Um, Divine Renovation. What do you have? Is there anything that you have on your heart right now, Eric Estrada, in, in addition to Divine Renovation that you're passionate about, that uh, brings you joy and a message for the world that uh, you'd like to share? Oh, well, I've got, of course, there's some independent movie offers and things out there. They're waiting to get their funding and the scripts have to be altered and fixed for my involvement. But um, I'm just really enjoying myself now. I'm 74 years old and chilling and doing things that are rewarding to me. That's why I do the work, the ICAC work, which is Internet Crimes Against Children work. Yes, uh, that's right. Uh, You've been been uh, a big proponent of that. Yeah. I mostly do things now that really are rewarding to me, and I don't really talk about it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, like, you but know. it's things that are meaningful, and you and you help the the world in your own I, way. Well, yeah, but I don't. So I'm not the the sole beneficiary of the things I'm involved with. It, 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 it's a lot of people are involved, and a lot of people get affected, and a lot of people get a hand up. They, you know, as well as you know. Doing it. It's just doing it, man. Because we can't take any of this with us when we die. You know, other than who knows, I may do a heavenly renovation show up there. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing you on a motorcycle. I might no get, the, I get the Lord a new crib and fix his uh, clouds. Who knows? Oh, you're, you're awesome. You have a wonderful sense of humor. You have a, you know, a beautiful. You know, outlook in the world and you, honest to goodness, thank you look the, the same age you did when you did chips. And so that's good for us. Hopefully you're going to be around for many, many years. And thanks to your lovely wife, um, oh, Nanette, for helping set up this interview today and Valerie Smaldone, who yes. is responsible for divine renovation, getting off the ground on July 3rd. Eric Estrada, thank you for bringing light to the world and for your beautiful, kind heart and your well, you're going to get tons of blessings because of your help. What you're doing is also very important because we can go out and do these things, but we need messengers, and you're a great tunnel of message. Well, thank you. And that's my goal. That yeah. is my goal. And indeed, you, um, you, you're a dream come true. Thank you so very much to you. Thank you, darling. God bless you. Long live Divine Renovation, which is co-executive produced by Valerie Smaldone, Monty Hobbs, and Mathieu Chazare of Heartlight Entertainment, a wonderful production company that focuses on doing meaningful projects, projects that uplift the spirit and find the good in the world and bring beautiful content truly to viewers. Look out for it July 3rd, and thank you. Have a wonderful time. Keep Keep smiling. Uh, Hit me up anytime. I appreciate that. Will do. Thank you.
Uh, Eric Estrada, everybody, for Divine Renovation, a brand new docuseries that's happening in July. Look for it everywhere on the Facebook page as well. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Well, we've had IBM on quite a bit lately. They are really involved in so many wonderful programs that go way beyond what I think well, people from my day used to think of the company as is maybe, uh, you know, sort of a technology company, but they really are involved in so many programs that involve, well, just the population at large all over the world and here as well. And one of their initiatives that I think is really incredible and I think about all the time, actually, so I'm excited to speak with Michael Jacobs about this. He is the Sustainability and Social Innovation Leader, IBM Corporate and Social Responsibility, talking about providing access to safe drinking water for everybody. This is so fascinating to me, and it's exciting to hear. Thank you so much for joining us on the way home, Michael. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So. Uh, first of all, I'm so interested because, you know, I've been talking a lot to IBM and they they are running so many different types of programs and initiatives, Some getting young people involved in their company and, uh, you know, apprentice programs and then, um, you know, uh, access to to uh, corporate leadership jobs um, for for women. And, and now we're going to talk about having clean water, safe for all. So. What is it about IBM? Is this is this a new trajectory, or has this been in place forever, and we just really didn't know about it? Well, IBM's long been a values-driven company. We issued our first environmental policies and programs in the 60s and 70s, and we are still a technology company, an AI and hybrid cloud company, but we have a ton of expertise and then applications for those technologies globally. And yes, in addition to our great education and workforce development initiatives, we have really robust environmental sustainability programs. The IBM Sustainability Accelerator, which is the program this water body of work is aligned to, is our primary social impact program focused on the environment. And we're using those same technologies and areas of expertise to make a difference for vulnerable communities in the same ways that we're doing that for clients and business partners every day. Uh, that's incredible. So this is this is all over the world, or is it here at home in the United States, or is it everywhere? It's everywhere. So typically, we're bringing in cohorts of five organizations each year. We are trying for geographic diversity. So yes to the United States, and then yes to everywhere else. We do try for places where IBM has a significant presence, and that's because we want to be able to deliver with local IBMers whenever possible. That helps with cultural relevancy and understanding. That helps with language and other considerations, too. So we truly have a global purview. Yes, I remember because I grew up in um, Brazil, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and we had a lot of kids at our school that whose parents were part of IBM. And um, so I can understand what that means locally. You have been everywhere forever. And so um, that that connection would be absolutely uh, beneficial. So uh, you talked about the IBM Sustainability Accelerator. What exactly is that? So this is a cohort-based program where IBM accepts proposals from organizations globally for pro bono support on an issue that those organizations are working on. 
The program's focus is environmental sustainability. So the first cohort of group of organizations that came in was focused on sustainable agriculture. The next cohort was focused on clean energy. So we have 10 organizations in the program today, all with projects running that are developing and deploying new technologies. And we've just announced this RFP for the next cohort. And so for nonprofit or governmental organizations globally through May 31st, we're accepting proposals for no-cost IBM support to advance an initiative advancing water management. The term accelerator gets used a lot in Silicon Valley and the IT industry. I just want to make clear that here we're using the model of that type of program, which often supports startups to a place where IBM's not taking equity. This is not about revenue for IBM. This is about impact on the ground using what IBM does best. Wow. And so I would imagine some, you know, people have been trying to um, get water to underserved communities for forever, it seems like. The, the technology of that process must be very different now. And I would imagine that IBM is a part of that. Um, is it is it much more um, just it makes more sense how it's being done and in terms of the communities? Is it something viable that after IBM is kind of finish implementing these things that it can be sustained on its own with the, within the communities that it is? Is it what type of uh, machinery or or uh, usage of these water um, properties are being used? Super important question. And the sustainability of these environmental sustainability solutions is of the paramount importance to us. So in terms of the range of what we're talking about, you know, this is everything from sensors for water height or condition on a body of water to entirely digital solutions using AI or other advanced techniques to model or forecast water conditions. Clearly, there are differences in what an organization can take on in of itself. And IBM is focused on capacity building within these organizations as a part of the experience. So there's a digital learning element. There's a skills and uh, overall expert engagement element so that we can help to build up capacity and connect the organizations to others. And we're not walking away from any of these organizations. We're trying to build and deliver and provide support that enables long-term use. Okay. And does it have anything to do with like actually building wells that, um, you know, the community community can then take over and, and, and use, or is this more of an infrastructure layout for, for these communities? I think about it more along the lines of digital infrastructure. So working with the people building wells would be a really good example. So to take that a little further, once you've built the well, that's great, but how do you know how much water is left in it? How do you forecast how much water will be taken out every day or every year or anything else? Those are issues IBM's well positioned to solve. Right. And I imagine, too, the whole ability to get safe, clean water, um, water that's viable for drinking and, and using for personal use is probably a big part of it as well. I mean, we have those issues here, right? We had you know, the, the water in Flint, Michigan, that was, you know, full of lead and things like that. So it's something that's not just in a faraway country, perhaps this is something we all are thinking about, I think, these days, is uh, making sure that the water is clean. 
even though the, all the pipes and everything are there and we, you know, it runs into our sinks, we have to know whether or not it's clean. So does IBM play any role in that on being able to detect if there are impurities in the water? We certainly can. And we actually are already as a part of the sustainable agriculture cohort. Ag has a massive impact on water availability and quality. We have a project running right now with Deltaris, which is a Dutch water science organization that's focused on detecting the presence of nitrates in water. That can often be the result at unhealthy levels of runoff from farms or golf courses or lawns, anywhere else that people are actively managing a crop that they're growing. So yes, water quality, in addition to availability or other stresses, absolutely something we're focused on. Mm, very interesting. Is there anything else that you want to bring home to my audience regarding and this initiative uh, with water that IBM is, is leading the charge on? Anything else that you want us to know before we leave today? Well, number one, thanks again for the time. And number two, the message really is, if you're a part of an organization doing work in this space or connected to one, please get a proposal into us. The RFP is open through May 31st. Organizations can find more info on the RFP and the broader social impact portfolio at ibm.com slash impact. We genuinely want to hear from people and to help where we can. Wonderful stuff. IBM.com slash impact. Michael Jacobs, sustainability and social innovation leader, corporate social responsibility with us today on this great new uh, initiative from IBM yet again. Thank you so much for being with us on the way home. Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, the Divine Renovation Show is being picked up by uh, companies and um, executive producers who really believe in inspirational programming and things that help people. Always about paying it forward. Well, it's this segment that we do every week that I help... I think helps do just that. It talks about the ways in which people have paid it forward in our country. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. So we turn to Jim Cleefield for that. He goes out on the interweb. He's sort of the chips of good news. <laughs> He's always gathering and, and, and finding just these ways to help. So tell us what you have for us, Jim. I must say, uh, if, if I may, I mean, that great interview you had with Eric, and it was just terrific hearing him. Because this first story, I think, ties in with something that he talked about earlier. He made a reference to helping somebody who was in a wheelchair with this new show he's doing, if I heard correctly. Yes. Well, I went and found this story. I haven't run across this before. We talked to him about uh, a couple in uh, Pennsylvania, as a matter of fact, Mark and Jessica Getty, who wanted to help their son, William, who uh, was born quadriplegic, spastic, cerebral palsy. He's been confined to a wheelchair since he's been born, and he leads to learn how to walk. So what they did, they recently made a trip to Lowe's to try to find some materials to get him some parallel bars so he can learn how to walk again for the first time, learn how to do it for the first time. And this wonderful gentleman who works at Lowe's by the name of Dave Urban, uh, he's uh, one of the helpers, and they wanted a specific specifications uh, for this equipment. I guess they were going to build it themselves. Well, Dave took one look at William, and he saw his situation. He was in a wheelchair, and not only did he get the PVC pipes to the exact specifications that the parents want 
to quote one of your old show titles, by the way, LJ, he went above and beyond. He built the entire life-saving apparatus in a half hour himself. But there was one thing he had to do. that They had to test the equipment out to see to make sure that William could walk. So William gently got up very very carefully, and he had this courageous smile. And you can see it's a happiness because he finally like, can actually stand up a little bit. And his parents, they were just so touched by this. And Dave himself was moved to tears. It's the fact that he went and did this for them because he wanted to make sure that he has the equipment ready to go, ready to use. And he just said, it just really makes me smile that I just made this life-changing thing for him. And uh, he said, it's just really, really cool. So just really good for him, the the great that he did. And God bless uh, him and William. And hopefully, as I said, that this equipment will help him learn to walk a little bit more, give him some movement uh, in his life. How old is he again? Um, th- there's no age. It doesn't say how young he is, but he- he's had this okay. disease since since birth. So this is the first time he's learning how to walk. But the fact that this gentleman, David, I mean, went and did this, he, he could have just given them the PVC pipes and the parents could have built it. He said, no, I'm going to build this for you. He did this. And they're just oh, so thrilled wonderful. over that. Yeah. That's See, that's exactly the kind of situation that takes place in Divine Renovation. It's where somebody in the community comes together. They offer, like, the a lot of the equipment or the the supplies for free and then they do it for um whomever they are in each episode of divine renovation and so i just i just love it's people helping people it's people who the core of them is just so generous and so giving and uh that's really what this world is about we hear a lot of reports of of the opposite but truly at the end of the day we're like those people. And um, for that wonderful little boy and his family and this man who, you know, went above and beyond, as you said, that's what it's all about. Well, thank you so much, Jim. So appreciate that. And Bob, too. Thank you for putting this all together today. And uh, we love the Chips music, by the way. I do, too. I do, too. Who doesn't? Yeah. Brings back good memories, doesn't it? Eric Estrada, so fantastic. Coming up in Divine Renovation. Be looking for it. It's dropping on July 3rd. You'll be able to stream it. Wonderful new renovation uh, project and docu-series uh, helping people in their communities. It's wonderful stuff. Divine Renovation. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening today. I hope you, hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. I'm a little starstruck. I'm not going to lie. Pinch me, please. And uh, we'll see you next time. Have a wonderful week. Safe loving, giving, and also enjoying all that you deserve. Lots of love from The Way Home. I'm Laura Smith.